I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotel's family of 22 brands has over 7,400 locations and the perfect hotel for any traveler you want to be. Like a Cambria Hotel serving up locally inspired craft cocktails for all my folks who maybe want to meet up and talk about Mad Royals. Check into a Radisson Hotel with flexible workspaces for you strivers who listen during business travel. Or a Comfort Hotel with free hot breakfast, family-friendly pools, and big spacious rooms for the parents who listen with their kids and need a little retreat. What are you waiting for? Join Choice Privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you when you book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Happy Friday, I'm Tracy B. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. We had our whole year-end unearthed for 2023. Yes, indeed. You had a whole thing you were going to talk about. I did, so... For a long time, pretty much every installment of Unearthed, we have had a whole section of repatriations. So uh, sometimes this has been uh, like artifacts, artwork, something like that being returned from a museum or other institution to the place it originally came from. The word repatriations is also used to talk about human remains being returned to their place of origin. Um, some communities prefer the term rematriations. I have seen this in a few write-ups, especially relating to sometimes human remains, sometimes other cultural or religious objects. And we did not have any in the episode this time, even though I had a whole gigantic list of them. Um, and part of it was uh, the way that I did unearthed this year, or this time, there were some things that I wrote up, I did the write-up sort of as I went, Uh, but then I started just collecting the links in the different categories, and then I would go back to them later and do the actual write-up of of all of them. Gotcha. And in this particular case, uh, the repatriations I had left for last, and I got to them, and I we already had two complete episodes of Unearthed without the repatriations. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to cut, I'm going to have to go through and like, let's find out what's the most interesting, make some cuts. Uh, And then as I was reading the things that we had to talk about, overwhelmingly this time, they were things that had been looted, 
recently seized by law enforcement. None of the ones, I mean, it's possible that there were things that I did not see or that were not reported, but nothing that I found from the third quarter of, or the fourth quarter of 2023 was about sort of the questioning of how we look at these kinds of of items from, like, a cultural perspective and how right. museums... None of it was about, like, how are museums evaluating their own collection? Like, what does this mean? How do we, how do we have uh, meaningful museum collections that are not harming communities that these objects really belong to, right? Overwhelmingly, it was you know, this was stolen from Nepal in 1982, or this was all connected to an antiquities dealer, and we learned this antiquities dealer was trafficking in a lot of stuff that was looted. Like, none of it really was about greater questions, and I sort of just felt like I was reading off a police blotter. (laughs) Um, And the one that wasn't related to that Um, was one of a handful of uh, things that have made headlines where an individual person has decided to uh, return something that either they had gotten or their family member had gotten. And in this case, it was somebody who had inherited some uh, items from their late father. And one of their late father's last wishes had been to return these items to where they came from. And the reason that I didn't really get into that was that, like, there was one specific expert uh, who had sort of volunteered their time to help with this. And I was like, I feel like if I, like, simultaneously, I want to thank this person for their work, but I also don't want to wind up in a position where this person is being overwhelmed by requests for help from people who are like, I want to return something and I don't know how. So, yeah, it just... The more I looked at it, the more I was like, I cannot figure out a a way to talk about this that feels like it's a meaningful way and not just a list of stuff that was more recently stolen. Right. Uh, So that is why. No um, repatriations this time. Um, We did not have an exhumations section. It's actually been a little while, I think, since we had a a whole exhumations section uh, because as has been the case a few times, most of the things that I found that were about exhumations were not about, like, the exhumation of a historically significant person for some reason. They were, like, a family's ongoing effort to find closure in their loved one's murder, and that does not feel like what we are really focused on as a podcast. Yeah. We are not a true crime show about ongoing murder investigations, (laughs) Uh, unless the murder investigation is somebody that died in, like, 1547. The person who varnished the floorboards of the theater <laughs> where Shakespeare <laughs> where, walked. Where Shakespeare might have walked, not even definitely walked. That varnisher might have been murdered. <laughs> I would actually love that story. That would be great. That does sound pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's kind of the the thinking behind some of those things. This time around, we will see. We will see what happens next time. 
I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotels has a stay for any traveler you want to be with 22 brands and over 7,400 locations. Whether you're a business traveler, a family road tripper, someone who wants to seek out history and maybe make your own, or just planning a quick getaway, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Like a Cambria Hotel, where you can be a cocktail connoisseur and sip locally inspired craft beverages at downtown locations in the center of it all. This is a fun way to visit cities with a lot of history and a lot of fun in mind. Or a Radisson Hotel for for all our productivity powerhouses out there. With flexible workspaces and on-site restaurants, you'll get the most out of your work trip. You'll get the coffee, the Wi-Fi, and the work done. And we can't forget about comfort hotels. Imagine you're a family road tripper, waking up in your big spacious room and then heading down to a free hot breakfast for the entire family, including waffles. So you'll be well-fed and ready for the day's adventure, even if that's just relaxing. After that, you're spending all afternoon relaxing by the pool. You deserve it. What are you waiting for? Join Choice privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you. Book directly at choicehotels.com where travels come true. If you use paper, you're a human, but if you choose paper, you're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if everyone's being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products, Products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Was there anything in, in these uh, in these episodes that particularly jumped out at you this time around, Holly? You I know, know sometimes it. there's a there's a favorite that you have. I, I'm always writing down notes as we go. Um, the Egyptian artifacts in Scotland. Uh-huh. Of course, I'm like it. It does two things. I I know I've mentioned before that I often, whenever we do unearthed, uh, it makes me think about 
how we live today and what people are going to extrapolate meaning-wise from the things they dig up from our houses. Right. And I'm I'm still working on my campaign to make sure future civilizations think that Greedo was some sort of deity. I'm working yeah. very hard on this. Yeah. But um, the Egyptian stuff made me think, like, did no one consider maybe his family did not think it was cursed, but they were trying to give him, even though it was not at his burial site, uh, an, a, an Egyptian-style burial where they're like, uh-huh. here's all your stuff. All. You sure love Egypt. We're yeah. going to do this ceremonially at home. If that speculation was anywhere in the in the write-ups on this, I did not see it. But yeah, I can imagine that also. Right? That's what my friends would do. They would be like, let's figure out, this person collects all this weird stuff that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> Probably cackling at the fact that someone is going to think that Egyptians magically visited. Yeah. That's how it would work in our in our <laughs> circle. Um, this one might surprise you that this stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. The sandal in the well. Yeah. Because I'm like, again, has anybody theorized that this is a bratty brother scenario? <laughs> right. That's one of, yeah. I mean. Like, especially if it's all kind of fancy and beautifully, um, you know, designed with all the the curly cues and the the um, circular symbols. I'm like, yeah, is that like you know two wealthy kids running around playing and somebody steals somebody's sandal and throws it down the well so they can never get it back? Yeah, or you know, your ex who broke your heart throw the favorite sandal down the well. <laughs> Just the one. Keep one for. The other other one might still be down there in this scenario. That's true. It's not been found in the well. That's true. Um, It it was, I don't know how, uh, so often when we're working on Unearthed, I will wind up with multiple articles about the same thing. And they are all reporting the same points. And I'm like, I really feel like everyone is reporting the same sources reporting. Like, Sometimes a reporter is clearly doing original reporting, conducting interviews themselves, all of that. Like, we've made no secret about the fact that when we do this, we are reporting on what is reported, right? Right. Uh, We are not generally, there are some exceptions, but we're not generally, like, conducting interviews ourselves with the people who did this research. That would not work for this format of episode uh, in the time allowed to do it. Um. But sometimes it seems like there are eight different newspaper articles all saying the exact same thing, and it sort of feels like everybody is just kind of reporting each other's work. And so I don't know if that's what happened with this detail of it was the sandal of somebody who was cleaning the well. Right. Um, But, like, that just appeared everywhere, and the description was always so definitive. And I was like, how did we conclude that it was... (laughs) It's possible. It, it's possible that somewhere there's an explanation of how that was determined to be the source of the sandal in the well. But every time I was like, "How do you know that's what happened?" Because like I'm sort of thinking, I don't know. Maybe somebody had a weird superstition about their shoe and they wanted to throw it in the well. Right? Maybe they thought the shoe was haunted. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Somebody spit on their shoe. There could be anything. And Looks there's like so a many very beautiful to get shoe. Rid of the shoe. <laughs> uh, the uh, one of the other things that jumped out at me, of course, was the busy fiend. 
Yes. And I told you I want to make a drink called the Busy Fiend now that has a lot of caffeine and cinnamon in it. Um, We'll get right to work on that. Um, But what it really made me chuckle about is the idea of um, it made me want to start going to thrift stores and buying paintings so that I could paint a little fiend into each one of them. (laughs) That sounds great. Um, one of the things that struck me about that is that one of the things that I read had all of these quotes from, like, reviews of the painting from the time that really reminded me of, like, when somebody reads an advanced copy of a book and they post about it on their Goodreads, (laughs) and then 27 other people who have not read the book give it a one-star review. Right. Like, it just, people seemed uh, so, they had such strong feelings about this this image in the painting. <laughs> and some of them I was like, did you, were you, did, you weren't there though. It seems like you were not writing from where the painting was displayed. Right. <laughs> so like, uh, yeah. But they're an expert on Shakespeare. Did you know he walked upon the... I can't get over the floorboard thing, <laughs> The floorboard thing. I'm like, um, okay. Um, the, the last thing that, of course, jumped out at me that will surprise no one is, like, bring back the woolly dog. Yeah. Did you see any pictures of the pelt or the... Um, I didn't see pictures of the pelt. Uh, something we did not mention was um, part of this work involved... Um, an artistic rendering of what these dogs would have looked like, because of course, based on when mm-hmm. um, there are no photos, we it, few to know. Um, there may be some somewhere, but they would have been like from a pretty early era of of photographs. Um, but yeah, the there was an artistic rendering that was made. Oh, they're white. Yeah. Oh, they're Spitz type. Oh my gosh, bring back the woolly dog. Yeah. Yes. Um, I did think that this dog uh was very cute from like, the painfully uh, cute the rendering. Painfully um, cute. So yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. As I understand it, the way this happened was that the uh, Smithsonian was like, "Hey, we want to look at this, at this pelt, but we also like we want your input," um, and so actively sought out input for that, which is cool. And I'm glad that they notate not only that there was co-authorship, but they made it very clear, like we would not have understood any of this, yeah, yeah, had we not spoken to these people. Right. Um, which is very cool. But also bring back the woolly dog just for the not of any cultural or heritage importance. I just want there to be woolly dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I am looking at an article now where there are some photos that were taken in like the late 1800s um that are uh, are printed in this and like I don't know as as we've talked before I have always been more of a cat person than a dog person, but uh, I find this dog to be very cute. So cute. Puppers. All the puppers all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are the main things that jumped out at me this yeah. this time around. Art, art, art. Hand yeah. axes. Love it. 
Yeah, it took me a while to figure out, like, the, I, I read the same, you know, same basic points right up of the, the hand axe and the painting a few times, and I was like, why? I feel like there's something missing. Uh, and then I went to the actual paper and, and got into the paper's description of, like, thunderstones and the sort of cultural importance of these objects people were finding that they did not really understand was like a prehistoric hand axe, which is what we think they are today. Um, But people had sort of built a mythology around them. And I was like, oh, this makes it make sense. Like why? (laughs) Why he'd want one. Yeah. 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 So again, happy Friday, everybody. Whatever is happening on your weekend, I hope it is as great as possible. We will have a Saturday classic tomorrow. We will have something brand new on Monday. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Acclaim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.